0: Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I'm your host, Donna Bishop. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Today, my guest is Murad Lari, the founder of Wide, the brand. Now, Murad has an incredible pedigree in fashion. What was supposed to be a three-month internship turned into a 10-year stay at luxury fashion house Maison Marie Saint-Pierre, where he rose to becoming the house's collections director. And from there, he has launched his own label, Wide the Brand. Now, Murad and I dig deep into the experience of the plus-size man, He's generous and incredibly personal and candid with his story. You're going to love it. Let's get straight to the conversation. Marzad, it's so wonderful to have you here on Fashion Talk.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I Okay, so we have so much, so much that I want to get into about your amazing label and why now is the time to start it. But first, before we get into like that business part of your story, I want to get personal just off the top for a second because... I believe we all have this moment, those of us who love clothes, love fashion, work in the industry, we all have that moment, maybe when we're young, where we have this revelation that clothing is something that is so much more than just protection from the elements, where we mm-hmm. realize it has a different power to harness. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you have a, of a moment that comes to mind for you that you could share where you had that realization.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I've had the yearning for it. But of course, like as a, a larger kid and as a plus size man, I I didn't always have, like it was in my head. A lot of the time I dreamt about fashion a lot. I've always been very interested in fashion, but uh, I always say I love fashion, but fashion never really loved me back because, you know, what I thought I liked in my head wasn't exactly what I was able to execute on my body because the offer just wasn't there, uh, unavailable to me, um. Especially growing up in the nineties, you know, um, plus size wasn't really a conversation. Yeah. So even as a kid, it was very difficult for me. But I was always obsessed with fashion and I thought that, you know, I would I remember being in my bed sometimes and being like, Oh, tomorrow at school I can wear I can cut out this collar and maybe tack it to this sweater and 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 I would try to do these things. And the reality is an eight-year-old can't execute these things. It just you know, you just end up ruining clothes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but I always had this weird obsession with like trying to make outfits and looks for myself um because the looks that I wanted weren't uh readily available for plus-size people, children, whatever, you know? So, um and so I think it's a shame that I wasn't able to live it, but I think that fired another part of me. Um but yes, I think that like you said, I mean, there's the more the utility of fashion, and then there's the entire dream around what fashion is as an artistic expression. And I think that that is something, unfortunately, that I could not really live. But I lived through my sister, and I lived through my brother, and I would see them, you know, because they were more considered regular sizes, and they would be able to shop, and shop out of desire and not necessity. Whereas when I shopped, right. it was more out of necessity as a kid, because It was like, okay, Mars needs one pair or two pairs of pants. Let's go find it. And it was a mission, and it was not fun. And I always say, like, uh, the cabin, the the changing room, was a very traumatic space because more times than none, you would get into there and come out disappointed. And every time it nicks at your your self-esteem. So, you know, that's kind of the experience that I started out. Having with fashion, but weirdly, it fueled an obsession to understand fashion because I just couldn't. There was a feeling of not being understood and not being heard that I think fueled this need to understand and study fashion.
0: So I hear so much about like living vicariously through through your siblings, but still this, this real void or or hurt by, and, and, and what would you say to someone who is like, we all have that experience of clothes not rocking our world. Like, yeah. what did it mean to you emotionally?
1: Uh, I think that the difference is um, where a lot of my siblings, cousins, friends had clothes that they weren't excited by. I had no option. As in, for me, it wasn't even a question of some, a lot of times it wasn't even a question of, Oh, I like this piece. It was this piece fits, and so you go into a place where you you start you just start dreaming a lot less. You start you know you you don't have options to be able to say I like this color, I like this piece in this color, this cut, this form, this print. It's pretty much just this is what fits, and so you're going to have to take it. And luckily, my mom was so great with that because she would help me um, create. Kind of a vision that I loved with the clothes that I did have. We would—I remember—we would go shopping at Zellers and and we would go to Walmart and we because those were the American Zellers is Canadian, but those were the, the the big box stores that that started having bigger sizes, especially in their like the Dickies overalls and like you know like they had some sort of fit that I could get into, and then my mom would help me alter it. She would hem them. She would bring in the legs. She really wanted me to feel confident, and she would always say. Um, I don't want you to look sloppy. I want you to look proud. I want you to to be proud. And, and sometimes I would just give up. And a lot of times it pushed me as a child to want to just wear athleisure clothes or basketball uh, jerseys and shorts because the fabric was stretched. I knew I didn't have to worry about fit because they were made larger. Um, I gravitated a lot for a while towards hip hop clothes as well because everything was a bit larger. Yep. But it wasn't out it of was desire. The 90s after it was the nineties, right? <laughs> uh, you had Pele, Pele, and you had FUBU and, and 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 I I loved the brands, but they weren't. In no way am I a hip hop. Like I love some good nineties R and B. Like don't get me wrong, but would I say that hip hop culture is what defines Marzad Larry? No, but I would wear these pieces because that's what fit and that's what was available. So and that did tarnish. My excitement towards fashion um I wouldn't you know to me, getting dressed was traumatic because I always knew in the back of my mind that if the one or two pairs of pants that I have rip i had it's back to ground zero like I don't have options I, and it's and it's back to like feeling really not well about yourself and and doubting and and being disappointed and that is something I think that stays with you a lot um and I think that, you know, luckily in today's society, uh, we are having conversations about, um, you know, body image and, and, and body representation. But in the 90s, like, it wasn't a thing, right? So it was like, hide it, don't talk about it, forget it's there. Um, it was very taboo. I come from a Persian background, my family's Persian, so everything is very much look-oriented, uh, it's very much about how you look and how you dress and how you present yourself and um I like a lot of cultures but um my family was was specifically very uh very um i wouldn't say judgmental because they always loved me i was i came you know I grew up in a great family however, the topic of my weight did come up quite a bit in conversations and this and that and so um again, luckily, I had an amazing mom I have an amazing mom that did push me to 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 acknowledge that I'm worthy and that it's not a problem, but at the same time, she didn't know any better either, so she would also say a lot of times, I mean she put me on my first diet too, so at the same time because but I came from a place of love i i I always say it I think my mom was genuinely did not know necessarily how to deal with it, and my mom is also overweight herself so It comes, you know, and she lived those battles in Iran where, you know, in Persian culture, being overweight is, is a very undesirable trait. Right. So you have, it's, it goes very far back. Um, and so that's how I kind of grew up with my weight, my yearning for fashion, where it is that I fit in into it. The reality is I, I didn't think that I fit into it. But at the same time, weirdly enough, it pushed me to want to fit into it.
0: And so that sounds like very much a lot of the foundation and the inspiration for starting your own brand.
1: I mean, indirectly, I, I, it kind of it pushed me to A, educate myself and learn about fashion like nobody's business. I wanted to understand how to build clothes because I needed to understand how to build clothes because there's some I guess you know a lot of times people say like you just never know where your life is gonna go. And I feel like indirectly for the you know the first 10 years of my fashion career, I was just obsessed with learning how to build clothes, not knowing that I was going to build, you know, co-found a fashion label for plus size men. But I just needed to understand and I had this yearning to understand how to drape patterns so uh, how to you know develop a product how to source fabrics correctly and it these are all tools that help me yeah eventually build wide but um it's very weird how things play out it <laughs> well, is. That is a
0: whole
1: other conversation
0: <laughs> about the everything happens for a reason universe we can go there on
1: another yeah, podcast yeah, for another sure, time.
0: for sure um, but some of the things that are really resonating with me that I want to get into, and, and one is, you know, you because there is so much um, wonderful conversations now around what is the right language to be using. And I know some people mm-hmm. own the word plus, some people want to say um, they don't, they don't, they just want to say that the, the size name. Some people are like, I'm owning the word fat. Like, what yeah. is the what is the language that feels right to you while we have this conversation?
1: For sure. Um, so for me, it's all, um, there is no right or wrong term in the sense that I think that if we take a lot of people put a negative connotation to the word fat, because it's usually used in a, in a negative space, uh, in a negative way for me personally. So when we did our ad, our, our campaign, our video campaign for our Kickstarter, um, the first line is fat, a word used by others to bring me down, um, because that is what it is. But as I grew older and as I grew, well, I guess, a little wiser, I hope, <laughs> um, I realized that it doesn't really matter. Like, you can call me fat, big and tall, uh, plus size, um, stocky, wh- whatever floats your boat at that point. For me, I'm Marzad. I am fat, plus size, big and tall, stocky, chubby, whatever. Like. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because I don't use a negative connotation when it comes to adjectives about my body. But I do believe in the movement that is going on right now that nobody should be talking about anybody's body. I think people should be talking about their own bodies when they're comfortable to do it. For me personally, there is no right or wrong. So plus size is a great term for our clothes because that is what they are. They are not considered regular size to the fashion standard they are plus size garments um they are also built for big and tall men uh but they're not specifically and uniquely for big and tall men they're also for big and short men so it's like you know for for me it's for us and, and the team it's like honestly it is whatever you want it to be so what we want our consumer to understand and that's why in our descriptions you'll find plus size you'll find big and tall You'll also sometimes find that we just don't label it, Um, but at the essence of it all, you know, we did name our brand Wide um, because we wanted to take the power back because it's like, this is what we are. We're wider men. We are Wide, Um, and it's funny because this wasn't the, the first name of the company, and when we brainstormed around the table and one of my partners was like Wide, I was like, like, what do you, like, no. And then I thought, and it haunted me. And I was like, no, no, this is it. This yeah. is it. Like, what better way to celebrate who we are than blatantly showcase it in everything we do, starting by our name? So that's where Y did come. And for us, what's important is not so much the label, but what, We can help you feel, you know, at the end of the day, I have days where I'm super confident and I have days where I'm less confident. And the terms, I guess, that I use in my head to describe myself will change. Um, And that's okay because at the end of the day, we're different people on different days and different personalities on different days. And um, it's all part of the wide experience.
0: So when you say I love that the wide experience when you say it's about how you want your your client to feel, how does that relate to like you've shared a bit of your, you know, experience in the in the cage of the change room and what was what's the experience of the of the plus size man that you're trying to like create an
1: alternative for sure for? for sure. I mean, listen. The reality is most plus size men, and I've spoken to a lot of them, and I am one myself, we end up shopping at winners. Like we end up shopping in big box stores because retailers don't size up to our sizes. Um and again, there are specific retailers that do, and you know, but in like growing up, there was it was really just a question of get a t-shirt, get a pair of joggers, get a pair of shorts and call it a day. What we wanted our clients to feel is what I wish that I had when I was younger, growing up, when I was a young professional starting out, um, is being able to have a place where you can go and you know whatever is available will fit. Everything available will fit. Um, it's now a question of taste. It's a question of do you like the piece or do you not like the piece? And that is having options. And that's what we wanted our guys to have, is if you don't like any of the pieces, that is your prerogative. Good for you. That's fine. But you know what? You now have the option to say, I went through a catalog of garments, and it's not the fact that I was looking for something that fit. I was looking for something I liked, and I didn't like it, so I'm going to go somewhere else. And we're hoping that more and more brands will understand what needs to be done in the plus-size menswear space. The same way they did for women's wear. Um, And that's really the mission. The mission is to give our plus size men options so that they can also develop their sense of style and not always have to just think of, will it fit right or will it fit at all?
0: What really struck me the first time I looked at your website and explored what your offerings were is, you know, there's been this conversation for decades about the timeless, chic, uh, classic style that, you know, everyone kind of has this, um, yearning for in their life at some point, And that is what you've captured with, with wide. That is so cool.
1: I'm happy to hear that because it As was a you... mission.
0: <laughs> it's true though, right? Like we hard. all want, you know, the perfect chinos, that yeah. classic, you know, quilted jacket, the perfect turtleneck. So For those of us who have never worked in fashion construction, because you've got some super cool, like, is it just about making the clothes bigger? Like, what is the actual mechanics that go behind the wide experience?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, So I wish it was that. Like, honestly, even for someone with a fashion background, building this company was an eye opener because um, I come from a luxury background and my experience is in women's wear. So coming into, to menswear is one thing. Coming into plus size menswear is a completely different ballgame. And the reality is most brands, they just size up without thinking about wider bodies, right? So they'll take their small, other, their their extra smaller, their small t shirt or top or pant. And then they'll, there's formulas that, that to, to jump from size to size and they'll take it all the way to a 6XL. Problem with that is we don't proportionately get larger. As humans, you know, evolve in size. So what ends up happening a lot of the time is the larger sizes, they just look like tents. Like it, it makes it, like not everyone's biceps grow to the same proportion as their midsection. So what we did is we analyzed the proportion of plus size men. Do we, you know, and we ended up with two body types, the athletic and the more rounder midsection. And that's where we we kind of played on. And then we were like, okay, so we have to, we need our style to be able to fit both criteria. Um, what, what parameter can we play with? Of course you can play with fit, but your most important parameter is fabric because your fabric needs to stretch and needs to be, it gives you almost a fourth dimension uh, where you need that, especially with, with plus size men, like we get hot more than, more than regular size men. That's okay. just, that's just how we're built. <laughs> and. Yeah. Um, that's you know, just
0: biology man. I mean like... listen like more to love
1: and um, more heat to give I guess I don't know yeah. like and so that's kind of where we started and then with our team of pattern makers um, we, we we built the collection around um, fit and then fabric and then fabrication and of course style goes into that um but yeah like to to kind of add on to what you said like we did want to give our men for our first drop at least, the basic foundational wardrobe. Because if I was taking my own personal experience, I worked in the luxury fashion industry. I built my wardrobe because I had the resources to do it and I had the people around me to do it. Most guys are going, again, like I was when I was younger, piece by piece. What fits, what works, what fits, what works. They're not thinking about building a wardrobe. So we were like, we need to give this to them. We need to give them the power to have a few key pieces that they can play around with and create, you know, from a 15 piece collection, create 25 looks and not have to worry. Like I always joke that like my mom would always be like, Mars, you have so much laundry. It wasn't that I had a a lot of laundry. It's that I was washing the same pieces all the time because I didn't have enough of a wardrobe to do laundry once a week. Like that's, that was my reality. And then what happens is your pieces deteriorate faster. And, and it's all things that are, you're like, I want these guys to, and it's one of our challenges as a company is we're educating plus size men and showing them that there's a possibility that they never thought of a lot of the times. And we see it from our responses with our clients that were so beyond humble to even have is these guys are like, oh my god, you're changing the way I'm dressing. That is crazy. Like, as a startup, to get emails and 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 texts and phone calls of of guys saying, you know, I didn't know I could look this good. That is enormous for us.
0: I can only imagine the emotion of that. And and it, as you were talking, I was thinking like. Was there skepticism even with like your target client that this would like, this would actually be different? Like, how did you, did you get that kind of feedback and how did you overcome some of those, those barriers of belief?
1: For sure. And we get it to this day. I mean, we're only five months old, so we're, we're, we're in the pits of our, of our growth. We're, 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 yeah, we're like, we're like. We've been working on this project for a year and a half, but we've only been selling for five months. And I tell you, Donna, it's our biggest thing is is I think um, our plus size clientele is skeptical because they have been promised so many times that it's going to be different and it just ends up not being up to par. And it's almost where they're like, it's too good to be true, so I'm just not going to try it. So we have to push extra harder with our branding our marketing our social media um you know we've been fortunate enough that people want to listen to our story we've had some pretty great press coverage we have been working on the ground floor um we did uh we did dragon's den we we're doing projects that at, what we want is we want these guys to understand that we're not here we're here to stay we're not going anywhere and we're here for you and it's real like this is a real um a lot of times also what does help us and ha- and continues to help us is um, partners of our clients are like wives husbands are coming in and buying for them and then all of a sudden through that act of like that little push that maybe our client needed to understand or let's say moms buying for their sons or sisters buying for, for their brothers or brothers buying for their brothers like um we've had a lot of that and it, and that opened our eyes because when we built the business plan initially we had underestimated the power of the referral for oh, plus size because i think that a lot of times um plus size individuals like myself even when i was younger you kind of give up a little bit on this on the search <laughs> for the for the best pieces and i think that around our clients are also great people who are there to help them and um and and help them dress better. And I think that the biggest thing to overcome is of course, the trauma with dressing in general. And that's, that's going to take time.
0: Something uh, that I keep thinking of as you're talking is our uh, Meredith Shaw, who I think yeah. you also know, she was yeah. um, on the podcast earlier. Um, love in this Meredith. season. All Meredith, love her. Oh, she oh said <laughs> something, we'll link her episode below yeah. in case people didn't have yeah. a chance to catch it. But she said something on her Instagram the other night as I was sitting there scrolling through Insta, as you do. Yeah. And she was saying how we've been conditioned to blame our bodies when mm. the clothes don't fit, like there must be something <laughs> wrong with my body, and I can't. That keeps resonating with me. How as you're talking, because what I hear you and your co-founders doing at Wide is saying, no, no, gentlemen, your body is fucking oh, awesome it's
1: amazing it's we powerhouse. are going to
0: show you that it's the clothes that can be different and one of the items where i i just had this like oh my god they're so bloody smart Bing, 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 is your is your oxford shirt and yeah. the way that is designed can you talk about that a little bit because i just think that embodies the like your body doesn't need to change we're going to show you that the clothing is the thing that needs to be different
1: I had saw that post as well and it really resonated with me. And last night I saw another post. Um, it was a random voiceover on a very simple post, but it said, um, your body is magnificent. Your body is a temple and it just, it used, it used food to overcome trauma to save you. And so don't be so harsh when it comes to your body because you're still here and. There was this whole and again we're not here as like why is not here to discuss necessarily each person's body or why or how they are the way they are because that's a very personal experience for sure. what we want to say is you're beautiful regardless stop being so mean to yourself because the fashion industry has not been there for you it's not true that you're not good enough The whole theory about if you don't fit into regular sizes, you're not good enough. Therefore, do something to fit into regular sizes is so toxic because that's how I grew up. And then you go into a spiral of yo-yo dieting, of hating yourself, all just to fit into a pair of jeans that just weren't built for you. That's just the reality is, you know. That's just what it is. It's a blatant reality. They were not built for you. It's not that you weren't built for them. And that's where the difference is. And I think that if coming back to our Oxford shirt, like that was one of the main issues is let's say anytime I had an occasion, a wedding, um, you know, my friends' Bart mitf- bar Mitzvahs or anything, anything it may, it may have been, um, I had to always wear button down shirts that would always pop. Like, my first interview, you know, you're always just making sure that your button's fine and, and it always inevitably pops. And you, you're always a little shy because like, it, it, because of the way things are, it makes you look sloppy. And then you automatically second guess yourself. And I was like, why do we need buttons? Like, why do we need buttons? Like, how, how have we not evolved around this? And, and how evolved have the buttons? Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, Why do we need buttons? And then that's where me and my team were sketching and sketching. And I was like, if we use the right fabric, add a little bit of, of, you know, volume to the midsection, create the three buttons for the top, but create a a placket so nobody knows that you don't have buttons, why can't it be a pull-on? Why could it not be a pullover that you tuck into your pants or not? And then we just developed and developed and... And it took a lot of, of product development to create it. And we're now perfecting it. And the next series of dress shirts are going to be gorge. can't um, wait. Because
0: it's super chic.
1: It's, I mean, listen, you would never know. And plus, the placket adds a little bit of a little something-something. Um, and so far, we're our guys are so happy with it. And that's kind of like where it started. But, you know, we also wanted to create other technology in our garments where we're like, okay, well, why can't our pants be a fully stretched pant, but have all the fixtures and closures of a, a woven pant, like of a normal dress pant? And so that's what we did for our jersey pant. So you wear it and you're like, okay, you have the zipper, you have the button, you have the pockets, the rivets, you have everything, but it's fully stretched, like a jogger. So it's like these are all features that we were like, we can do it. So why not share it? And our guys are like. These clothes are like weirdly awesome. Like, you know, like it's like they're not used to it, but I mean, what is
0: this magic on my body?
1: (laughs) You know, so yeah.
0: Marzada, here, like, as we're talking, I'm like, and you will be a grand success. (laughs) Like, people must be throwing money at you because this is just like, it just makes so much sense. And, you know, I'm sure you've been like, looking for investors or you're you've been bootstrapping you've been on dragon's den and i wonder if that is kind of a like what is is the is the capital is the vc is the investor climate as on board and understanding as the consumer market is what's that experience been like
1: um yeah (laughs) yes and no, and no and yes. I know <laughs> it's like, um, no. So I think the the reality is both the consumer market and the venture capital um, industry isn't necessarily always ready or on board when it comes to new ideas and new ventures. Um, you know, when you're in the first to market category, it's always a little difficult because you do have to, convince them of your value and of your mission and they like tested and true ideas more than the riskier you know that's just how they are and at the end of the day they're there to make money um and you know the vc route was something that was very new to us and it was introduced to us because of dragon's den and thanks to dragon's den and on the show um, we we closed the deal with Arlene, but in due diligence, we ended up not uh, pursuing the deal. Um, it The reality is people, people will always understand your product, your theory, your concept a lot less than you do until it's proven otherwise. And we're babies. We're starting. Like, we're already, like, we got into the bay this week. This, yeah so you know like um you know five months in, we're on the we're we're doing great with sales on our e-commerce platform. We're building a mission, we're building a movement. it's just it's foundation blocks, block by block. Um, and we have yet to- fu- we already have one really great uh you know we have great partners that are helping us uh, great we have one great investor that's in the company with us. We have to find people that really understand our mission. But even beyond that, understand the impact that wide will have. Um, and if you don't understand it, then yeah, it might make a little less sense because we're, we're starting a movement. We're... Say
0: more about that. What is the impact that you're referring to there?
1: Well, it's, I mean, the reality is for the last 10 plus years, we've been seeing plus size women's wear at the forefront, but nothing has been said about men. And I think that does say a lot about what we think men either deserve or feel when it comes to fashion. And I think that it's a little biased to think that plus-size men don't care about the way they look. Um, And so we're now kind of shifting and, and turning the spotlight onto these guys, and we have to also build new consumer habits, we have to build new reflexes, you know, new shopping patterns. We're also in an age of digital e-commerce. We're building new ways to shop. These guys have never seen themselves in these clothes before. They've never seen themselves represented either. Like one cool thing, Donna, that happened is when we built, when we shot our ad campaigns and our, our videos and stuff, we did all of the scouting for the models ourselves. Because we were, because no modeling agency was representing at the time in Montreal was representing plus size men, and so we went everywhere. And I'm telling you, everywhere, like we, and it was COVID, mind you. So we were in the streets, we were in the coffee shops, we were on dating apps, we were everywhere. You can pause. We we found two of our models on dating apps. We found, I mean, we were if we saw a plus size man that looked confident and looked good we were calling them and we were like hey we're a new company we're launching this and a lot it was always received with excitement because they were like this is so cool this is new this is exciting but it's that that's the impact the impact is these guys have never seen themselves and so when we did all the campaign four of our models got signed to modeling agencies in montreal you know and yeah and so it's like you know we're out here building and and we're not the only ones there are other brands as well that are starting the movement with us but you know as a whole we're building a segment of the fashion industry so we're at the very beginning it's going to take a few years it's going to be ups and downs um but it's all exciting stuff but the vc route and this is for any entrepreneur listening is not an easy route like it's not easy money and once you get into the VC bandwagon it's forever like it's it's an it's, it's it's a lot so that was our our very short and 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 you know summarized experience with VCs and we're going to go into it of course i mean we we want to co- to maybe continue on that round but we're still uh it, at a place luckily where um we're, we're we're funding our own growth and our clients are 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 taking part of that as well by ordering and we're creating our own reality for the moment.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the connection between, because as you're talking about representation, I'm thinking, you know what? Like when I think of how plus size men and women, but men specifically given our conversation are represented in the boardroom, in film and television. Yeah. You know, I don't, (laughs) I don't, I can't think of references that are the men I see in the wide campaign. Yeah. And so can you talk a little bit about the connection between access to that clothing and what the, the greater impact is from a, like, and I don't mean to be hyperbole, but it is a societal shift that, that I hear you working towards.
1: It is Donna. And it's funny that you say this because I was actually it's insane that you that you're talking about this because I was thinking about this in my shower this morning. I could not think of one publicly of one plus size man that was featured as a sensual, handsome gentleman in the media ever. Where plus size men are always funny, the best friend the geeky friend, the geek, the weirdo, the killer, the... I I have never seen a plus-size man be sensual, confident, sexual. I have never seen it. And I'm here as a 31-year-old man who's worked in the fashion industry. I have yet to see it. And so that's where there is a problem, is we we associate being plus size, being big and tall, being bulky, being fat to not being attractive. And so, yeah, this is not only about clothes. It's about what we perceive plus size men to be. And so in our ad campaigns and in our things, we want our plus size men to feel confident, sensual. We want them to look good and feel good and be powerful. Um, And we have a lot of projects coming up where we're going to be diving even deeper into uh, confidence and sensuality. Because the reality is, it doesn't matter what size you are. It's all a question of confidence and self-value that projects outwards. Um, But these most plus size men, we don't have references to be inspired by. why couldn't James Bond be fat? You know, like, like I get he wouldn't be able to do 500 stunts and, and cartwheels and, and whatever. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. But like, fine. he can get out of a Bentley or out of Aston Martin or whatever, just fine. Um, why couldn't, you know, a top, and the reality is a lot of top executives in the finance world, in the tech world are plus size men. Why aren't we seeing them? You know, just as just as they are regular men, but we're seeing them. You know, why can't a plus size man take a beautiful woman, no matter her size, on a date? Why can't we see that? Why does it have to be the best friend that gets friend zone? You know, and I'm not saying it happens or it doesn't or whatever. I'm saying both cases happen and both cases yeah. don't. But we only see a plus size man being more of a bystander to life in in media and stuff and he, the plus size man is rarely an actor uh, or you know so yeah so i think that's kind of where we would like to to change things and in my own life personally um i've changed that narrative for myself it's still a mission every day and it's very difficult you know a lot of people look at me and they're like oh you you have a lot of confidence that's not true <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm telling you, I promise you, if you ask my family, they tell you I don't. I work on it every day. Um, I'm a charismatic it's person. It's a muscle we build yeah. just
0: like abs and biceps. Exactly.
1: Exactly. That couldn't be more correct. And I mean, I work at it every single day. And there are days where I feel like garbage. There are days where I don't feel attractive. But I, I have built this network around me where – how can you not be inspired when you walk into the white office and all we're doing is celebrating people no matter their size? And that's another thing is we're not saying, you know, we're only celebrating people who are plus size. That's not what the plus size movement is about. The plus size movement is let's celebrate everyone no matter their size. And let's create options and liberty and freedom and possibilities for people. Everyone, so that everyone feels great, so that they can do great things and not love themselves, not not love themselves because of a product or because of a society's standards towards them. Let's allow people to love themselves and then do what they want with their lives, you know? And that's kind of where we come in for plus-size men, at least. And it's the beginning of a conversation.
0: Oh, Marzad, you're doing way more than a conversation, man. You guys are, Wide is trying to change the world. If people want to buy your clothes, they want to follow you, like where are the best places to to find you and find Wide?
1: Yeah, for sure. So widethebrand.com is the only place to buy the garments except officially at thebay.com. So thebay.com and widethebrand.com are two places where you can find Wide the Brand. Uh, you can contact the team at our social handles at the Brand. Uh We're super responsive when it comes to DMs, messages. We also have a full, uh, full-time stylist, Andrew, who works on the website. Uh, if you guys have questions about uh, fit, proportion, uh, on our website, there is the uh, live chat option. And Andrew is pretty much glued to his phone. So you can ask him. <laughs> uh, Andrew is available. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I... Yeah, social media, wide we're there, we're always there.
0: And we'll link all those below in the show notes. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. I know we could we could do this we conversation for a very part long 2. Time, and three, so stay tuned. <laughs>
1: Thank you for having me. It means uh, it means a lot to us to to be here with you today.
0: It is my absolute pleasure. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I would love to connect with you on social. You can find me at Fashion Talks Pod on Instagram is the best place. If you have a moment to rate and review Fashion Talks on Apple Podcasts, I would so appreciate it. It helps other people find the podcast A big thank you to CAFA, the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards, uh, the producing partner with Fashion Talks. You can find out more about CAFA and all the other things we've talked about today in the show notes. Until next time, thank you so much for joining me. Bye.